Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 93 of Midweek Metagame. I'm HaremTG, joined by my one regular co-host, Gabriel Nassif. Hey, everyone. And this week, sadly, Pat could not join us, but we're joined by a special guest, an actual uh, long-time listener, big fan of the podcast. You know, we thought we'd get a fan on this time. They're also a Patreon. Um, they're kind of an Italian legend, a streamer, actually, as well, coincidentally. We're joined again by uh, Andrea Magucci. How you doing, man? Hello, hello, hello. I received the offer from uh, from from uh, from Gethmar yesterday, and uh, here I am. Here I am. Accepted the offer very happily. Yeah, awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. Obviously, uh, with Andrea playing a lot of modern on his own Twitch stream, we decided that, you know, it'd be the perfect invite this week, as obviously we want to get into some modern. Uh, as well as towards the end of this episode, like normal, Gazin playing a bit of standard, maybe also a bit of historic. We'll get into that as well. But before we get into the episode, I have to mention this podcast is brought to you by Card Market. They sponsor the cast, and I have to let you all know that it is a marketplace online that you can buy anything card game related. Doesn't have to be Magic the Gathering, can be Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon, whatever. Go check it out, cardmarket.com, cardmarket.eu. And if you would like to support the podcast personally alongside Andrea Magucci, I should say, you can check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash midweekmetagame. Go support us if you want to, no pressure to do so. Uh, but yeah, you know, we're here to talk about magic. I want to get into the cast straight away. Let's talk about some magic. I saw on your Twitter, Andrea, that you've been brewing your own modern deck over this past week. I believe it's some sort of team or variation of these Murktide decks that have been going around. So why don't you kind of start off by, uh, you know, why did you start brewing this deck in the format? Sure. So last week I um, started playing more and more Is It Murktide. Uh, you know, Patrick was saying how he liked that deck a lot. And I was really just dribbling around with some Omnath, with some like various decks in modern. I haven't really focused on the Is It Murktide, which was the quote unquote best deck, according to like most people. Uh, and yeah, the more I was playing that deck and the more I found like that the the one drop, the Dragon's Rich Channeler and the Ragavan were kind of often ate it out, and um, it was, there were just like, let's say, there were just creatures, okay? And I felt like the, the real power was of Murkta Regent, dodging Prismatic Ending, dodging very often an Oli Heath Lightning Bolt, that was like the big, the big, like the bulk of the deck. So I thought, what if I just cut the one drops and just keep the Murkta Regent, the Thought Scour, and maybe even add a second color, because like, Brandon Six is a great card, and uh, the card that I actually wanted to play the most was Clothis. Clothis is uh, a threat that is not uh, very easy to deal with by this Isa deck, just this control deck in general. And we wanted to play that the card as well. So like uh, four Tarmogoyf in the mix, you know, some control elements, and that was the deck. That deck wasn't the best, but uh, I was happy with it. You know, new deck on the on the on the, on the format. I, I, I liked it. Yeah, I saw you uh, tweeting about it, talking about it in the Discord as well. That looked pretty cool. I was actually surprised that you're playing, you know, Tarmogoyf and Murktai region in the same deck. One thing that I really want to know is, like, how often do you kind of screw yourself over making your Tarmogoyf, like, very tiny because you're playing a Murktide? Yeah, it definitely, definitely can happen. In theory, unless you have the curve, like, sometimes you need to, like, put threats after threats. So you can, you have to go, like... Tarma with Murktide, so that's annoying. But if you can, like, uh, time well with your opponents, you know, instant and sorceries sometimes, and you keep the, the bubble and the Vren in the graveyard, yeah, sure, that could be, uh, you know, uh, getting annoying when against each other, but in the same way that, like, the Dragon's Ray Channel and Delirium also doesn't, don't work well with uh, with the Murktide. The, the, the Tarma was actually surprisingly good. I got to 
make it into like a seven, a six, seven in some matchups because you have like Brandon Six and you have Artifact. You even have Enchantment as well, post sideboard. Um, so like it can even get to a seven, eight. I even played against like Drazitron and became the legendary eight, nine, which doesn't really happen that, that often, but that was cool. And uh, so, yeah, basically, Tarmogov was, was, was pretty impressive. I, I, I also, I'm wondering if, uh, you know, more Junda could actually rise. Yeah, that's really interesting. I don't know. I, de I definitely saw Pat, um, who's sadly not here this week. He really liked the deck, and I thought that was pretty cool. But, you know, I wanted to know why would you... Is this something that you're just testing, or do you genuinely believe that this is, like, almost better than, let's say, going blue-red with... Uh, Ragavans. I'm not. I'm not ready. I'm. I'm not prepared to answer that question. I'd say that the results obviously favor blue red, but um, I played. I played. I think at this point five or six leagues. I think I went uh, four one three times, three two a couple of times. I I had a two three once. I, I played six league total. Yeah, I don't know. I I mean the cards are good. The cards are there to be good. You have four lineable for a Noli Heath, so you can definitely answer everything. And I was actually impressed with uh, Stubborn Denial, a card that I didn't expect it to be good, but it was so often just protect my Merc that was really good. Also, you just you just counter stuff like four spike is. I mean, people play spell peers, and this is not that far off. Like, plus the hard mode on it is obviously like a one man in the gate is big. Yeah. Before we started talking in the cast, you know, you, you mentioned that you thought Ragavan was kind of getting worse in the format. And I, I totally get what you mean. I've been playing a lot of modern over the past week, and I feel like all I'm playing against is like Eldrazi Tron, Green Tron. Um, I've been playing against a lot of Cascade decks again. So I've been actually uh, seeing way less Ragavans. And also even like when I play against Lurises now, I don't even really see Ragavans from them. I've been playing against Mill, all these weird decks and... Uh, you know, I kind of like your assessment that Ragavan's slowly losing its value because everyone's playing removal spells now. You know, when you cast a Ragavan, it's not really sticking around. So I like yeah, that assessment. Yeah, either removal spell, for example, the Footfalls deck now play, at least I play, four Dead Gone, four Fire, four Bone Crusher. So even with four Dead Gone in the main, even if you're on the play with a Ragavan, you might not connect. And, uh, you know, there's Summertime playing Mem Knights and such. There's, uh, yeah, just like various decks just... And Chalice of the Void also pretty big again. It's just a bunch of things that made uh, that made uh, Ragavan and Dragon's Ray Channel are, I think, a little bit less good than they used to be at the beginning. Mm -mm -mm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, well, that's sick that you've been, like, brewing with this teamer deck. Have you been playing any other decks in Modern over the past week? Uh, well, uh, Teamer Rhinos is a deck that I like them, uh, a lot. Played a couple of leagues with that. I really like Teamer Rhinos. Um, Found out that Fury wasn't great in that deck. It might still be good in Elementals, but uh, in because um, at the beginning people were playing Sachali, but that card kind of got like pushed out, and then he got replaced by Fury. But that also just some kind of like disadvantage. I don't think you need it. I don't. I just don't think you need a Parakinesis in Modern at the moment. And uh, yeah, just a regular Dead Gone, which is pretty great. Also bounces Merc Tide as well as answering a one drop. Yeah. Overall, uh, I like I like my last list of Team Rhinos a lot, which happened to be the same list that uh, uh, Darth Kid top top eight had the last. Uh, I think I have it under under me, but Darth Kid went fifth place with uh, with my deck list from the one that I wrote on, on CFB Pro for. So yeah, pretty happy. You know, whenever your list does well, you're just very, you know, very 
for for art in general, very happy with it, and uh, I like to see. Uh, I like I like to see that. Yeah, I saw I saw that um, there was the new kind of technology of just playing Merktide region in Team Arenas. You know, I thought that was like an insane, I guess, adaptation to the list. Is that something that you also really like? Because I see that there's two in your list. So um, I've started that actually attack from Doomwick, or at least I got it from Doomwick. The, the, the only thing I did was actually just adding that gun instead of, of, of Fury. But anyway, um, the, 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 the Merktide Regent is, is good because you have that gun, you have Fire Eyes, you have Prismari Command, you even like cast Violent first. So it actually very often gets to be a 5-5 five, five, or a 6-6 six, six pretty, pretty reliantly. I would play only one. I think the playing two is a maybe a little bit too much, but I can see I can see playing two. I think Doomwick also plays two. I think that I did was also upping the number of lands from 22 to 23. And I think that uh, there is someone, someone saying today, I got into this, uh, this uh, Twitter topic about going to 24. Michael Major said that. And uh, yeah, I could see that. I mean, you have to hit the third land draw, but after that, you don't really need a fourth or fifth land. So I'm not sure how you want 24, but you can almost play more, uh, you know, Fiery Islet and uh, uh, Waterlogue Road. Yeah, you also have Prismari Command in the deck to cycle extra lands. That's that's a new card too, right? Prismari Command. It's not something the old list used to play. Prismari, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. What what happened? You know, when why did people start playing that card? Just jealous so, main decks, or do you remember when you said on the podcast a couple of weeks ago that you lost a lot against Summertime? Yeah. Um, this this card, I played it with Team Rhinos against Summertime. And that card is insane. I've even I've even put it I even like put it in my teamer deck because how good is it against armor time healing? It's always a coolness command against that deck. And uh, and uh, I mean I'm playing four in in team Arenas personally. And uh, together with the four force of vigor and together with the four dead gone and four fire eyes and etc. I think that matchup isn't bad anymore. Actually, you know might might actually be good. And it's mostly because of Prismar command instead of the Sotoli Jays or command. Yeah, it's so insane to me. Four dead gone in the main deck, but for Smart Command, like I saw the prices was it was like twenty ticks for a rare for Prismari yeah. Command. It's it's kind of nuts right now, but uh, yeah, it, it makes sense. When yeah, that card's good, it's good. You know, I've played against it in in standard. When you play Embercleave or Chariot, and you get right by Prismari Command, doesn't feel great. And again, something like Hammer Time. Um, yeah. I did the classic uh, magic online play of I only oh, I only bought the three Prismari common. The, I decided to that I wanted to play the fourth and it was 18 ticks. I was like, ah, maybe the price will go down. And now it's like 22 and I still have to buy the fourth, you know? And, and yeah. like, it happens all the time. Oh, yeah, it's a classic. <laughs> okay, okay. I mean, I personally, you know, I think you've heard me. I really don't like the Team of Rhinos deck. Every time I see these kind of adaptations of adding Merktide or whatever, I always, you know, my interest in it goes up, but I'm still not convinced, I can't lie. Um, but I guess, to be honest, with so much Tron running around, you kind of want to play these super fast kill decks, I don't know. I mean, we see Living End here in first place in one yeah. of the modern challenges. Yeah, Living End, I believe, is the only bad matchup of Team Orion. It's like the only matchup okay. that you say this is a bad matchup, because their their Cascade card completely trumps yours by like by so much. And you can never go back. Like after the result, the leading end, you can never go back. It's not that you don't have your own leading end to reset. Your cascade card just puts your rhinos. So uh, 
I would say that uh, I would say that um, that's why I play for endurance in the sideboard. But you can even play some miss some Leyland of the Void, honestly, if if that that gets more popular. Yeah, that matchup used to be decent for living in, but the tef the the four color version was kind of tough if you added Teferi to the mix. Sure. Uh, I remember playing these matchups a bunch, and I, I did yeah I did feel favored against Rug, but not by a ton because you do get force you have force nation, you get some disputes. If you have four, endurance, is kind of a nightmare card. So yeah, I guess it, it was it still felt kind of close. Also, um, if you play leagues, I don't know if you have, have been playing leagues, Gab, but there's so much mill in the leagues, not in uh, the top eights, because yeah, I personally don't think it's a very good deck, but I don't know. Actually, Cedric Phillips is like going 15 or stuff like that with the deck. But what? There's there's so much mill, and yeah. that's why I also want for endurance. Yeah, yeah, I've been playing in so much mill as well. Like, I feel like it's once a league right now. Just do you have, do you have Eldrazi in our sideboard? I don't, and I still beat them. I, oh. I beat even with blue white control. I beat Mill with blue white control in the YouTube video that's going to be out today. But um, yeah, yeah, it's so much Mill. I don't know where it came from. There's just crabs everywhere. I think the control decks are actually decent against Mill. Ever since they printed the Fairy Time Raveler, and you know to some extent Narset used to be good against that deck, but you're probably not playing Narset. Mill hasn't been nearly as bad for, it's, for control it's just decks. That, yeah. That's true, but it's just that they just, just their mill cards are mill so much that if you don't have a if you don't have a Drazi, like my result only three of them and you lose. Yeah. So and they, and they have, yeah. yeah. they the one that exiles too now. So if you get if they get all lucky, they can just exile your Eldrazi. That one so a uh, has milled the most with is it Murktide, and that matchup was very, very good. Also because yeah. you have Murktide Regent, it's so good against them. It's both like a seven drop in your deck for Tasha's Induced Laughter, and it's just a two mana eight eight if you draw it. It's it's insane. It's both good in hand and in the deck. I think all the Ragman decks are probably pretty pretty good. I'm surprised you think Ragman's not as good anymore. I, I only played one tournament this weekend. I played the challenge on Saturday. I didn't really know what to play, so I just sleeved up, you know, well, sleeved up, digitally <laughs> sleeved up uh, living in. And um, I was hoping not to play against Ragavan decks. I was hoping to play against Hammer Time, maybe some some other stuff too. But I was hoping to dodge the Murktide decks, the the, the blue red decks, the red black decks, all the the Ragavan decks. Yeah, um, but Living End, you 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 said you you played Living End, right? Yeah, li Living End. Yeah, but Living End has a tough time against the like pressure plus counter decks. Yeah, yeah, it's super tough and, time. Yeah, like whenever I play my my team or my blue red, I always put two or three Soulgat Lantern in my sideboard. Uh, on top of night, now I, I I've never I haven't mentioned it yet, but now I've been playing and actually loving Void Mirror. Like Void Mirror is a card that now I always put two copies of in my like various, you know, Thought Scour spell spell uh, Serum Visions decks. Because it's basically doing the Chalice on Zero thing against both uh, Rhinos and Living End, but it's also countering the uh, the Elementals for free. And Ildrazitron is the real deck. Like I've played against Ildrazitron with Void Mirror, and they just game two and three. You play that on turn two, and it's over. Like either they can resolve the, uh, an expedition map on turn one, which sure, I mean that's good if they do. But if they don't, they just don't cast a card. I've been I've been loving Void Mirror and I think it's a mandatory card in the sideboard if you want to play like this, you know, mid-range slash control decks, in my opinion. Yeah, Mangoose says map because they play Nerborg now to get around the 
the void mirror technology. I agree. I mean, I think all these Ragavan these Ragavan lures decks should have some amount of Spellbomb slash Soul God Lantern and sideboard and Void Mary as well. That's another reason why I really don't want to play that matchup with Living End because I know that's coming in after sideboard. And uh, yeah, I, I had a, I had a good draw. And I was four and zero at some point, eight and zero in games. I was just cruising, and then I had a little um, a little bad luck against uh, Hammer Time. And I think in the last round, I lost to the, the four-color elemental deck, actually the, the Glimpse one, the, the Cascade Glimpse elemental version. Uh, I thought that would be a decent matchup because I have Disruption and they don't. And so I can just disrupt their combo and play mine. But it turns out it wasn't that easy. I, I did win game one. I guess they just had the ley line turn, turn zero above game two and three. Mm. So that was kind yeah, of tough was... to beat. It slowed me down a ton, and by the time I could kind of deal with it and do something, it was it was over. So it's my two losses. I, I had not the not terrible breakfast, not the greatest. I came intense, but tech felt good. I, I beat Hammer Time once, felt pretty easy. Went one and one. I don't exactly remember what I, what else I beat, but just okay. super solid living in it. It won the it won the challenge on Sunday too. So deck top forward, and someone else just won the challenge was. Uh, Living in, so I'm assuming it means that their Tron matchup is decent, which is their, their green Tron matchup is decent. I guess that makes sense. You have a decently fast clock and you have force of negation and grief to, to disrupt them. I guess subtlety is also pretty solid against them since most of their threats are, or all their threats pretty much are creatures. And so, yeah, living in still still around, still, uh, still a deck I enjoy. I, I actually, one of the reasons I played it is because it it's a fast deck, and I wanted to be able to watch the the Chandra's Gauntlet coverage, so I was like, yeah, that sounds good. Yes. <laughs> well, I think I want to praise you for is that you are, you know, one of the few, one of the few, like, good streamer, good player that, like, plays the challenges. I feel like, I feel like that's such a, such a plus when it comes to, like, 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 because like playing these events, it takes so long. It takes like eight hours or something. And uh, you, yeah, I, know, I just, I just love the fact because like the competition that you get in these events, it's like three times better than the one that get you get in the leagues. So you even have a, a better idea whenever you have to like, you know, talk about things or like write about things or etc. Like seeing the results of the topic of the challenges is like, it's, it's the real format. It's not like the five O's that you league or the. You know the the the, the tweet I five would with, so that's very good that you play the challenges and like gives the give the 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 listen of the stream or the podcast the a real idea of the of the format in my opinion. Yeah, people I know I know people love any any really kind of competitive tournament whether it's that or you know I'm sure people who play the 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 SCG qualifiers anything like that people people like people really like the the, the weekend challenges and I I agree it's long but I. I don't usually play in between rounds. I kind of just chill, and it's kind of a nice rhythm. You know, you play your round, you chill, you chat, you go watch someone else. You know, Canister's usually streaming um, as well. A few others, sometimes Spike now. So, yeah, it yeah, takes a while, but I, I, I like it. Yeah, it's just, I guess, we're we're different in the sense that I just can't not do something. I mean, I just, that's just how I'm made. I, I have to do something every time. Yeah. And uh, waiting between, I mean, that's why I hated 
the 2020-2021 events because there's so much dead time between the, the rounds and you know didn't have the, the vendors to 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 watch the cards from or like friends to chat with i mean sure yeah. you can chat with on discord but it's just everyone is always I, they're not you know joking or is this a total different thing and i just don't love to play those kind of events but i that's I'm just saying that I really love that you do and keep doing it with you. Yeah. Do you, do you not enjoy the just chatting part of your stream, just talking sometimes, or do you like to always be playing a game? No, I mean, I maybe, <laughs> I don't know, I guess I don't have enough as active uh, chatter as you do because it's strange. It's just strange. I, I play I play all the time and sometimes yeah. I chat, sometimes I tell a story, but it's mostly me playing, like getting through the game discussing yeah yeah cool <laughs> what about you harry you, you've been playing a bunch of control decks right this i week? have yeah did all, you, did, what do you mean this week always yeah it's always. true did you get around to trying to electrolyze jeskai deck oh don't get me started on that okay yeah well i guess you got me started on it yeah um last week we talked about wafo tapas like jeskai all card draw deck I thought might as well play it. I might as well play it. Um, I went one in four, and the only match oh. I won in game three against Burn, they had to draw eight lands in a row when I was on three life for me to win the game. <laughs> they literally do like eight lands in a row. So that was an interesting, uh, interesting win. But yeah, the deck was so bad for me. I mean, I was probably playing it badly because it's just such a... It's so draw-go. It's insane. And yeah, I could not do anything with that with that deck i struggled i mean looking at the list as well i'll get up on, on on my screen for a second there was there there was just like no win cons i remember this now yeah i remember i just kept like getting in these spots where i just had nothing like i would cast a few spells and then i just was in top deck mode and burnt out because there's only two to fairy here of dominaria to really like um to like win the game in some spots and i tried the timeless dragon the the plane cycling um, yeah. eternalized one, that was not very good. <laughs> I felt like every time I was drawing it, I didn't need the land as well as my Triumph was already in play, so I couldn't even yeah. like plane yeah. cycling for that. When you last week said uh, the Timeless Dragon could have been good, I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. And then like the Eternalized was never relevant. The only time I Eternalized, I think it was against like Hammer Time and they already had like 50,000 creatures. Yeah, it was it was a painful day. As well as like, it didn't make sense to me that that Wafo was playing two Prismatic Ending, one Path to Exile. I played some blue-white control, just stock blue-white control. I asked Twitter for, to send me some lists and I picked my favorite one. You know, I paid, played four Path, four Prismatic Ending, three Verdict in that list. And it was insane. I went 4-1. Only loss was to against Tron. And when I think they top deck like five Planeswalkers in a row to win. So uh, on, on game three. So I really liked that blue-white list that I played. And I really disliked this list. Because I felt like it was just like two all over the place. I, and I think Wafo is just too good at the game. And that's why he did, he did well with it. <laughs> Yeah, I was considering, so um, I played Team Array, and I was considering switching to Jeskai the next time, just building like the same shell, but instead of the Bren and the Tarmogoyf, you would play the Teferi, more removal spell, maybe Snapcaster Mage, because, I don't know, I feel like the, the Isla shell is really good, and we can just, you can just put like Teferi in, it's kind of like Jeskai, maybe 
you know, without the without the electrolyzed and such. <laughs> yeah. Also, the electrolyzed didn't really make sense to me in the end because I felt like when I could cast it, Dragon Range Challenge was a three three. Um, and you know, Ragavan's a must kill card. You're not really going to be able to ping a Ragavan when you have to instantly kill it. Um, I actually found that my electrolyzed were just killing mostly planeswalkers. Like if my opponent played a Teferi and minus dad ping face ping the Teferi, that kind of thing. So I didn't like electrolyze it as well. I mean, it was only one league sample, but yeah. Um, I also played some more Grixis, Grixis Lurus. I, I really like the splashing white uh, variation. I think it was promoted by Eduardo Sajgalic. Uh, and Mick Wins also played that as well. That was really, really nice. I really like that. It's just Grix is splashing white for Prismatic Ending, Kaya's Guile, and some like white cyborg cards, I believe. That that list was really strong, like really, really, really strong. Because it's, it's, I don't know, it almost felt like, I guess, Legacy Delver, maybe. I, I've never played Legacy, like a, that style of deck, though. Like you're killing and countering everything, and then you'll have like one main thing on the board, and then if that dies... Uh, then you obviously have Lurus. So I really like that as well. As well as, like, I think these Lurus control decks are way better in the format right now. Because what's everyone scared of when you're playing, like, a control deck? It's Unholy Heat, right? And if you have Lurus, instead of, like, worrying about big Planeswalkers, I feel like you're in a way better spot than tapping out and hoping they don't have a Heat or something. So I really like, I think that right now is my my favorite variation of control is the four-color, like, Grixis white uh, Lurus deck. Interesting. I never, I never played or played against it, but it does look cool. Yeah. I also saw the Lurus Bright Light also gets getting a little bit popular. There's Sparky, and uh, you just have Bright Light deck, and you're playing Lurus as your as your companion, and it's just Mono Answer, and you have Bright Light for Valky. Strange, but uh... yeah, that's that's something that Spike did at first, right? The... He started with a Sultai version of the deck. Mm-hmm. He, he, he was playing Lurus Control, was, was bring to light and Val. He tried a bunch of variations. Um, I think yeah. it was I think it was actually Wafu's friend who top aided, who top forward was the Jessica list last week, and they were mm-hmm. kind of back at it this this week. They played a kind of another deck that looks like it could never win. I actually played against Mr. Kefriet, which is Wafu's friend on in round two. And 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 Waffle, I beat him, but Waffle ended up coming ninth on Breakers, and they were playing Bam Control. And I assume it was the Reclamation deck when I played against Monsieur Cafouillette, even though he didn't have any, I didn't see any. And it turned out it was just, yeah, literally, Bam Control was Ice Fang, Eternal Witness, and Solitude. And then they yeah. play a couple Ephemerates to get value, and they play four to Fairy Time Raveler, just because it's a great card in general right now. And obviously... It, you get a ton of value bouncing your own creatures. And then they were playing, you know, classic. Four counter spells, four Archmage Charm, two Cryptic Command, two Factor Fiction. Yeah, um, oh my god. Two I'm Supreme saying... Verdict, four four Prismatic and no path, but you have solitude and yeah, a bunch of snowlands and kind of what you would expect out of the sideboard too. So kind of you know, different take on the counterspell Archmage Charm to Fairy Time Raveler, just kind of that shell and there is also the French invitational card Wall of Omens. No, no Wall of Omens. Yeah, oh, no. No, Mr. Capuyet has Wall of Omens. They don't like they, they they don't like to tap out on, on their turn. They you need the Wall oh, of Omens okay. not 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 good enough for them to tap out on their turn, I guess. No, I, 
I think they changed their list because on Sun on Sunday, Mr. Capriat would finish 18th place and he had the, the world moments. Oh, okay. He he learned he's like <laughs> I need yeah. a, I need something on turn two. It's the missing piece as usual. Also in the sideboard in the mana base, there's a rhyme boot falls. For those of you who know it's the common snowland uh, blue green. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, I actually really like that. Ephemerate, just one mana divination, or you can do the the elementals trick where you evoke and ephemerate. I like that. I never yes. thought you would do that in a control deck. And witness, yeah. Oi, okay. Yeah, that's actually pretty cool. It was one wall of omens. He added one wall of omens. He cut an ephemerate. <laughs> well, I'm assuming he played the same list as well on Saturday. On Sunday, yeah. he cut an ephemerate and added one wall of omens. The, the one change. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. I love this. I love modern players. Modern players are just the best. Yeah, people, no. in, people in modern just like in always change decks. I, I don't know. Invent like this is this is so cool. Like the format, the format has been has been around for like three months at this point, maybe two months, and there's not a clear deck when like there's three Green Tron on Sunday in the top eight, a deck that everybody thought was extinted. It's just it's so weird how like modern has like these cards from you know 17 years ago and it's still like so new every weekend yeah it's quickly yeah. become yeah, super been into modern i feel like it's got a, a maybe a tiny bit stale and decks are kind of a little too detailed but all of them went to fairy time realm or maybe i'll have to to, to sleep to sleep up some all of Owens this week and see what's right <laughs> I don't, I don't, one of the first, so when you play your four color Omnath deck, all of Omens is the, the, the cards I, I cut the fastest. <laughs> <laughs> they, they still won't give us Wall of Omens on Arena. We have Wall of Blossoms, they're giving us Resto Angel, and it's like, it's like almost they're doing it on purpose. They're going to give us Soul Herder and Restoration Angel and still no Wall of Omens. They know, they know, you know, you know, they know it's the best card in Modern and so it'll be a little too good for historic. You you even tricked me once to play a Wall of Blossoms deck in a league weekend. Oh, did I? Was it? Yeah, was it, oh. I played the Absent deck. Uh, the Absent deck. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, we went. You went one one against me. Yeah, that deck was that deck was cool. <laughs> <laughs> Wall of Blossoms. Uh, you play a lot of Legacy. You were saying, you know, you love how modern is constantly changing. I I don't play much Legacy. Is it the complete opposite? I presume. Well, I, I even streamed Legacy this morning. Uh, the, the, the thing is that Legacy has this such good answers that uh, it's hard. It's hard to to be able to change so much because mm. you can't really, you, you know, it's just, it's Force of Quill Days, now Force of Negation, Force of Vigor. You have uh, now Prismatic End, and you really just have the best answers in the world. And that makes so that these, like, reactive decks are strong and uh it's tough it's tough to make it's tough to have a, a, a top eight of like eight different decks uh, so often like like modern does mm. but still the gameplay of legacy is something way unique like different than modern you have the cantrip the card selections and you uh you low you work on a lower land count so actually like you know saving lands for with the cantrips, it's just a different kind of game that is fascinating. And modern, modern is more like I would say, quote unquote, regular magic, where you just 
you know, play like threats and answers and stuff like that. You just make your land drop. But you know, both are good. Both, both are good for sure. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Gab, did you play anything else this week apart from Living End? No, I just played the one challenge. I've been playing a uh, standard and and historic. So yeah. So what's your what's your favorite build of control right now, Harry? I would pr- honestly, I want to try four color control again with Omnath, but I think I I am going for Grixis Loris, whether it's splashing Y or not. I think that's really good. I I guess. Maybe with Tron back now, that might change. Actually, no, I think it actually has a decent Tron matchup, to be fair. It's close, it's close. I think you need to start playing... I think we need to start playing Field of Rune again in Control Decks. Because I keep... I, I was getting beaten up by Tron. By them uh, just having so many... I don't know. They felt way more consistent, I guess, because my opponents were mulling properly. But yeah, I don't know. I'm scared of Tron, to be fair. I'm not used to playing against it. Field of is just not enough, though. It's not going to make that big of a... Yeah, not, Field of Runes not going to be that big of a difference, honestly. I remember playing Blue-White Control with four Field of Runes and other stuff, and it, they, they're so good at assembling Tron. You need pressure or, you know, like, more than... Adding a few Field of Runes is not really going to save you if the matchup's bad, you know? I mean, if the matchup's close, sure, every bit matters, but... Field of Runes, not that big of a deal, honestly. Yeah, the answer to Tron, in my opinion, is, uh, I mean, other than other than Blood Moon, I don't think Void Mirror is good against Green Tron. And if 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 the Green Tron is the Tron that's popular, you might just can't afford to play Void Mirror anymore. But I think Aldrazi Tron is also popular. But anyway, there is Alpine Moon. Alpine Moon, I've, every time I have like an, uh, a red a red a red deck, for example, Azed Murktad or Timur Murktad, I play I'll play Alpine Moon, which is you know, just classic Stone Rain against Urza Saga that you can easily just recycle against Tron. Sure, they have ways to get around it, but that takes, like, time, and if your deck has sort of proactive plan, like, I don't know, Mark that region, for example, you can you can win in time. Can, can Tron ever beat, can Green Tron ever beat Hammer Time? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for uh, some bigger, for sure, for that, I'm sure. Yeah, but that must be tough, yeah. They have this member main deck, I guess, yeah, a few, yeah, but that's, that, that doesn't sound there. like enough. Because yeah, Tron, Tron is 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 so hard to hate. Alp, Alpine Moon, I guess, is somewhat versatile, but... There's you know, this card? card that I've never seen anyone playing, which is called Break the Ice. That's mm-hmm. BB, destroy target land that is no or could produce uh, portalless mana, and that's overload six. Oh, yeah, that card never still played because... When Modern Horizon 2 came out, people stopped playing Tron. It's same for the the dragon. I don't know if it's a dragon, but the, yeah, the, sure. the same for the dragon. Yeah, like, people play that card a tiny bit at first, totally disappeared, and you might see these 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 cards come back, but the problem is they're pretty narrow, and it's just so tough to have narrow sideboard cards in Modern. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I was, I was trying to build this like teamer deck, and it was so hard to fit 15 cards in the sideboard. Because he wanted to, yeah, I just did in a space, put everything I wanted. But yeah, the, the the Elementals deck is another one. You know, mm-hmm. every time there's the podcast, I, I feel like you guys talk about the Elementals. And uh, and it does well. It does well every time. Even, even this week, <laughs> strange, strange deck. I'm not a fan of it still. I think, Gab, you still back the deck, right? 
I haven't played it obviously because I haven't played been playing modern. But yeah, when I tried it, I thought it was super solid, consistent, and it was powerful. It was it was just all around good. It doesn't look like maybe one one person may top it with elementals on Saturday. I see the the Omnath colors in fifth. Oh no, that's a that's a person that beat me. That's the oh okay the oh, the glimpse. So yeah, pure elementals for some reason. Didn't do super good this week. Maybe people were just off the deck, but it feels like a deck that's pretty versatile. Was the um, you know typically the weaknesses of these decks is that they're mid range, so they're a bit slow. They're susceptible to that's why to, then to a bunch of Trump. stuff. But yeah, but 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 you get the um, you get the elementals, you get the pitch elementals, so you get to keep up with super fast decks and on uh, to generate. It, it is it is. Pretty bad against Tron. I remember playing the Etron matchup. It's it felt close. I think I went one and one, but didn't feel super great. I'm assuming Green Tron would be. I think I actually played against Green Tron, got crushed. Uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to 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 see. I'm guessing Green Tron just has like pretty polarized matchups. Maybe as polarized as polarized as it gets for modern right now. It it's probably really good against um, you know Omnev decks and. Maybe some of the control decks and mid range, and then it might just be really bad against stuff like Hammer Time, maybe not great against Living End, and, and a few other decks. Yeah, talk, talk, talk about, talk us about the, the Challenger Gauntlet. You said you, said you watched it. Oh, are we done with Modern? I, I, can, I can talk about the, the Gauntlet. I was, I'm, out, I'm out of Modern content. Out of Modern? Yes. All right, yeah. I, I think we're out of Modern. When, when, when we're recycling the, the one league for Shannon Farbo where you played against Andrasi twice. I think, <laughs> I think it's a sign. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so past weekend, there's the Challengers Gauntlet. It's a 24-player tournament. And the way you qualified was to finish high in the Arena Championships this year. So there's three Arena Championships, and it was basically the, the best finishing non-rivals, non-MPL players. So you didn't have to make top eight. You just had to be uh, among the eight best uh, challengers. And they were playing this weekend for MPL slots, rival slots, and world championship slots. And it was a standard and historic tournament with top eight and standard, or it was more like a top 12. The way it worked is you played two days, 12 rounds, and the top four started in the upper bracket in the playoff, and then fifth through 12 started in the lower bracket. And... 13s for 24s were just done. And I was looking forward to it. I was looking forward to, you know, standard was Winoda, see if Winoda was going to dominate or not. Uh, I wasn't super, I wasn't a big Winoda believer. I was looking forward to to historic, even though it ended up being 40% Jeskai control, Gearhulk or not. So I was, I was hoping for a little more diversity and... Um, yeah, it was a lot of green decks in standard, a lot of Naya, Gruul, and Winoda, Naya Adventures. It was it was fun though. It was exciting. It was high level magic, honestly. It's um you know, it's kind of people who've been playing really well this year and they they probably have the fire, you know, whereas maybe some of the rivals and MPL players are can can have a lack of motivation. I mean, from what I've heard, people tested a ton for that tournament. They were just the stakes were super super high. It was 
basically $100,000 worth of EV for the top four finishers between the world's slot and the MPL contract. And, uh, you know, even though we're not playing MPL and rivals next year, we're still getting paid the money for, you know, I talked about it a bunch of my stream. I guess we, we should explain. Basically, since they decided to end it pro level play for next year, they still decided to kind of honor the efforts people had put into either Stin, MPL, Stin, Rivals, qualify for Rivals, MPL, so that, you know, people who invested all that time and money didn't, didn't feel like they were getting totally screwed over by Wizards. So that was, that, that's kind of what's happening. And um, yeah, it, it was it was a good tournament. Uh, we, we know that actually ended up doing really well in standard insane win rate. It, it carried uh, one of the the Japanese players um, who who went five one in standard and s- didn't do super great in historic. So he started in the lower bracket, but he he ran the tables. He had to, uh, to go free and in the lower bracket on, on Sunday and, and did so. And um, you know there was also uh, yeah. Uh, Arne Ushenbesh who qualified. The the first one to lock up his slot was I forget. There's Sam, a Japanese Sam player. Yeah, yeah, it was Sam Party. There was um Sato, I believe, who was playing that cool uh blue red. There was kind of almost the only new deck in in both formats. It was a blue red control in standard. It's basically just a ton of removal, ton of cheap counter spells, iteration, tome, and his top end is Shark Typhoon and Kira Bez the Sea God. He just plays free Kira Bez the Sea God, oh. tries to survive and just slams the the enchantment. And you know, it's not that surprising actually for people who've played Saltai a bunch. You do win a lot of games. You know, sure, Ultimatum is better, but in a lot of games, in the the, the green decks, playing Kira on seven is is more than enough. Um, especially with, I guess you have Yurion on top of everything when Saltai, so sometimes you're able to go Kyura into Yurion. He was playing just 60 cards, and I played his deck a bit, and it seemed strong. It seemed pretty good against the, the green decks. You know, you, you, you're you playing um, Spike Field Hazard, so you have a pretty high land count, so it's hard to get screwed, but a lot of your lands are, you know, it's Dry Disruption, Spike Field Hazard, he even has a Shatter Skull Smashing, so... You know, one of the weaknesses of these decks is that you need to curve out lands and removal. So if you miss land drops, you lose. If you don't have enough removal in the early games, you lose. And in, in blue red, I guess you just have these uh, these man, these uh, these spell lands that that do a ton of work for you. Yeah, that sounds crazy to three cure as a sea god. Like that's never been a card that you play in standard other than the ultimatum, but you play because it's monocolored. So yeah. 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 I was uh, it was cool to have one, at least one deck that was a bit special yeah. and got people excited. And you know, it is true standard it ended up being a lot of green mirror matches, cruel mirror matches. There was also people who had tested together. It wasn't the biggest field, so um you know, there there was a, a couple of mirror matches deep in the tournament. This is this is a different topic, but why do you think that the um strange deck, like the new decks, always come from the Japanese? Like do you think that is a, like a different mindset at school? Like they teach them to think out of the out of the out of the box, or is because they I don't know, don't read uh, the the the, the 
know, the news, the, the magic news that we read is the same. Yeah, I think that makes sense, actually. That's what I was going to say. Maybe it's because uh, of somewhat of the, the language where, you know, some of them speak English, but not always super well. And maybe they're, they're kind of in somewhat of their own bubble. Maybe they're just more willing to, uh, to, to play these tournaments. Maybe it's just, you know, biased, you know, we're just noticing that now, but, you know, sometimes other people bring, bring cool decks. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure it's a bunch of different reasons, but why, yeah, why yeah. you said it makes sense. And, um, well, yeah, well, maybe they're just more willing to, to, to gamble, to, to take risks and to, to believe in themselves. And maybe. I'm not too sure, but yeah, it was, yeah. it was really cool tournament to watch. I was rooting for Logan Jabberwocky. He, he got top 12, but um, didn't, didn't quite get there. People so who finished... Uh, a, yeah. Sorry, to, sorry to repeat the formula. It was eight people got to Rivals and four people got to MPL and Worlds? Yeah, the, the top four got MPL and Worlds and fifth through 12 got uh, Rivals. They actually get to compete again in the Rivals gauntlet. Oh. So they get a, another small chance at Worlds and MPL in early September. And then... 13 through 24 is just got, I think they got an invite to the next arena championship. And nice. um, so the, the, the four people were Arnett, Sampardi, and uh, and two Japanese that were Japanese. Kind of Sato, unknown to the okay. Sato and Mori, but not the all right, all right, yeah, yeah, okay, okay, cool. Uh, yeah, cool. how was the coverage? I, I thought the coverage was good, I thought that the level of play was, was really high, it was. It was good, good magic. I uh, I watched a bunch of it. I I watched some during on Saturday in between rounds, and on Sunday I I didn't even play. I just co-streamed the whole thing. So you know, shout out to Wizards for letting us restream their stream, no problem. Uh, that's that's pretty cool. It's not always a given in other games, so appreciate that. And um, yeah, I think there was also the MIQ thing this weekend, but uh, the the kind of Big news of this of this week though is that there's no um, no historic jump start for the next for the next gauntlet. The the next gauntlet it's gonna be rivals and MPL at the same time first weekend of September, and historic jump start is getting delayed for two weeks. So they decided to just run all standard for the tournament. Was obviously, I'm sure you know the players were not super happy about necessarily, and even worse for the viewers. But I, I guess it is what it is at this point. I, I mean, the viewers watched. You said uh, you're, you you like the the the, the gauntlet this weekend. Why would be why would be different? Uh, I, mean, I, I, I guess it's new name. That, All right, old names. That, that's why. Okay, sure. You know, <laughs> I, I I like it. I was I'm interested. I'm vested in the format because there's my friends. A lot of my friends playing in the the gauntlets in September. So I want to see how things were gonna shake up and kind of see see what the meta is like so we can start testing i can start helping them out and you know i know some of the players i was rooting for some of these players but you know they're not all the biggest names and the viewership was not great i think they got we got five thousand viewers maybe at peak whereas croquis just gets 4500 just by streaming his miq so uh but you know it doesn't matter how how good these players were playing if if people are not interested it, it's not that's not the only thing that matters and i'm not i don't represent necessarily yeah 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 oh, for sure for sure like we all know the standard and things like that but i guess that's been a constant in the in the in the mpl season so yeah 
but, but I'm a little disappointed because I was really looking forward like to historic jumpstart the new historic format and kind of start brewing and testing a fresh format and although the I think that the the, the delay of uh, two weeks of jumpstart is actually very well accepted by the magic community because wizards gave three free draft entry on magic arena did you know that oh i did not know just everyone? Wait, what really yes today i played my free amoket draft i went six three so lots of free gems and boosters wait how am i only finding about this just now so how do uh, i claim it how do i, I claim know. it my chat told me no you just have to go you just have to draft if you go to draft the uh, premier amoket draft it's huh? set it says free like you just click free and it's it's a free draft. You get looks like I know what I'm doing after the podcast. You know what? You have one now. You have a Kaladesh draft next week, and then any Korea one. So I'm sure that Magic players can easily get bribed with three free drafts on Arena for literally every <laughs> delay or like you know every bad decisions ever. Three free drafts. I'm actually pretty hyped, and I I opened the Arena today because of the free draft, you know. <laughs> yeah, same. What I have I have I have the draft token that I got I won uh, in one of the challenge, but you know, the free draft got me opening Arena. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, you've got my attention now. I re I remember once you said uh, that on podcast you went like zero three, like what was it? I remember laughing. Oh, at that. I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I went 03 in bronze. Like five times. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. No, no. I actually kind of remember that. Yeah, I, I'm really, really bad at drafting. Even though my first limited GP I cashed, I, I'm so bad at limited. I, yeah, just, I'm, yeah, I'm trash. Yeah, I remember you sent us this picture of your prelis deck the other day and it had the unplayable two man artifact in it. Oh, yeah. And like I, like I, an I unplayable card or two. Like, I what the hell? How can you think that card's playable? But, um, it's rare. You should play a rare as a prelis. I 3 0 though. I 3 0 oh. though. No, it wasn't the rare. It was, it was oh, some no? terrible common. The one that makes mana. I don't even remember what it's it was. Like, it's like a two mana Lotus Petal that you can pay two to make it into a 3 3 end of turn. Something like that, yeah. Uh, look, I had good logic behind it. I never drew it in the draft anyways, but it would have been great if I did draw, I promise if you. Went, you. If you went 3 or you were right. It doesn't matter. Don't yeah, exactly. Say it was, yeah, it was your lucky charm. <laughs> All right, I, I want to I say that now that we're like, like joking around, I want to do another little fun boy of, uh, of, of, of Gabe. I'm, I'm listening to a lot of podcasts because, you know, I like, like to walk a lot, to do a lot of things. Uh, out with with my earpod and i was listening to the david rude episode of uh humans of magic and uh, the name of Gabriel zip was uh, very idolized so i like i love to see that in 2004 this person already 17 years ago was already idolizing uh, Gabriel Nassif. and also in the receivables they often talk about like suburbs of kamigawa you know those age and you know Nassif was always at the top so yeah yeah. That's 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 so good. That's so good to listen to to your name all the time. They have like this thing from so long ago. Yeah, they I listened to it too because you know we're good friends and obviously we, we want to team pro tour together and he had so many nice things to say about me and I like it too because he just remembered stuff I had forgotten about. You know, it's cool to I was like, oh yeah, that that happened, I guess. And yeah, he was so nice. Yeah, shout out to James for you know, that amazing podcast. I really like it, Humans of Magic. Yeah, it's been, um, yeah, I've so been, strategy. I've been like, on it too. 
Yeah, Andres. Yeah, I've been on it. Andres has been on it. Reed's been on it. A lot of yeah. like really cool. Um, Finkel, John Finkel also. Yeah, I, I remember that, he yeah. he had Austin, I think, on it. The uh, when Austin got suspended or you know the the controversy and stuff. It was I really like the podcast and you know I I also listened to episode of um, people I didn't really know. Someone like you know the Asian adventure that was really interesting. You don't suspect you know. So, you know, some people have crazy story. I think, I think it was Marshall who was on it too, Marshall Sutcliffe. And yeah. I, I didn't really know his background at all. And yeah, it's it's really cool podcast for that. Another one where your name came up a lot was the Mark Eberholtz episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the story where, I don't know, I don't remember actually exactly, but like you dropped his league or he dropped your league on Magic Online, stuff like that. Yeah, like, that's they, a good story, yeah. Yeah, that's... Uh, that's, that's we broke it with dragon storm yeah that's no it's you 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 should definitely check it out if you like listening about magic stories and yeah no like the past of magic to me is so fascinating like i broke a, i broke a pt with a deck like that just reminds me the the the, the, the past like you know the good days and uh this this podcast i'm sure that one day I mean, I already told Javier that one day we have to make a podcast with, uh, you know, our own uh, stories, our own, like, PTs and stuff like that. Yeah, I, listening to the Restalivables uh, gave me an idea for a podcast. I don't know if I'll do it or, you know, I talked to Luis about it. Maybe I can get other people to do it because I don't know if I have the motivation. But the concept would be one episode per Pro Tour, starting yeah. at the very beginning of the Pro Tour. Yeah. And for each episode, you try to get, you know, it's probably like two hosts and a guest. And you, you try to get a, a guest as the, the guy who won the Pro Tour or someone who wow. finished in the top eight or whoever you can find that finished the highest in that Pro Tour and get them on the cast. and just wow. that would be so good. Yeah, I don't know. It seems like the Resleevables like super popular and they have that, you know, they don't exactly do that. It's like It's like half kind of stories of that time period. Basically, what they do is they take it's Patrick Solomon. We're just shouting out all the other podcasts, all our competitors, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're shouting them out. You're telling me that you're going on to a new podcast. I see how it is, Gav. I see how it is. <laughs> no, you have to collaborate. That's how it works. You have to collaborate. It's the same with streamers. But yeah. <laughs> Everybody brings each other up. You know, that's that's how it works. Their concept, Setip and Peaselli, is that they take a, for each set, they talk about you know that three months time frame for competitive magic, and they also talk about the set itself, all the cards, all the mechanics. Yeah. You know, Seti yeah. knows the history of magic pretty well. Sullivan does too, and Sullivan is, is a game designer, and he's worked on card games, and so he can talk about mechanics and stuff. He's pretty knowledgeable, so it's pretty pretty cool concept. Yeah, I love more the stories than the mechanic part of the thing, but I I always listen to the story, and I kind of. Don't. I listen to the first hour every time, and then, you know. Yeah, yeah. I've been listening. I, I, I told Patrick I really like it, but I also told him I've been mostly listening to the story part and kind of yeah. skipping the mechanics part. But yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Anyways. Enough. Enough of the competitors. What have we been talking about? Oh yeah, historic and standard. So. <laughs> so yeah, I guess I don't really know what I want to stream these days. I guess maybe I'll I'll play some standard. Anything I can learn might might be able to help my teammates. You know, there's Reed, Huey, Andrew, Logan, now Kai, all going to be competing in the gauntlets. So definitely a letdown to not have historic jumpstart, but I guess I'll have to wait. 
and yeah, maybe I'll I'll go play a little modern, maybe play my free drafts. Yeah, you can clear peers with uh, some free drafts. Yeah. Um, I also want to talk about you know I talked about that new Blu-ray deck. There's also kind of another innovation. It's um, people who were splashing black in their Gruel Magda deck. Levy has been splashing blue for Disdainful Stroke, which I really liked. I actually played the deck a bunch. It's the deck I used to get from Diamond to Mythic towards the end. Uh, I thought the deck was really good. I actually started playing one Disdainful Stroke in the main, uh, kind of as my, you know, it used to be maybe a Snakeskin Vero, or, you know, you, you have a couple flex slot. And uh, I was impressed. And they decided to play black for a couple of Valky in the main deck. That card's supposed to be good against Winota because they have so few removal. And Isaac can just win in the late game. You have all these treasures sometimes lying around, and Tabal's just such an insanely powerful card. So that was kind of cool. And they had um, the ray, the black ray in the sideboard, and you removal from DND. It's uh, one black instant speed, minus four, minus one to a creature. And if it's white, it's minus four, minus four. And that card's good against Winoda because it kills Winoda while dodging Southwest Savior. And that was cool because. I was, I was playing that matchup, and I was bringing my red cap melees, and they're not even that effective because of selfless savior. Sometimes they don't even have Winota. Sometimes they just play Kenrith, and your red cap melee looks a little silly. And um, I actually, the way I started sideboarding was a blue version was I was not even bringing all my red cap melees. I was maybe bringing one or two, maybe more when I was on the draw. And I was going up to however many disdainful strokes I had because the prize they have Winota, but they also have Chariot, they have Kenrith, they have the Acronor, and you know, I'm not even sure. I mean, the black, as as cool as the Black Splash was, I wonder if Disdainful Stroke's not just better, and you still have Stroke if you ever play against the, the Saltai matchups and the Control matchups, so that was a cool innovation, but I'm not sure it's actually better than just Splashing Blue if you're going to splash a little extra color. Did, uh, did Arne and, and... What what deck were Arne and Sam playing? Uh, Gruul and uh, Naya. Sam party played Naya Adventures. They tested. It was Sam, Logan, Nettles, Gavin Thompson, and they had a four. Merkel, Jan, Jan Malik's Merkel, and okay. they three of them played Naya Adventure. Kind of they they called the matter right. You know they played Naya Adventures with four Fire Prophecy in the main deck. Just mm. really expecting a lot of creature decks, and it, it paid off for them. They, they actually kind of crushed it. I mean, it was only 24 players, but it was they all made top 12 and Sam qualified. So, so that's pretty yeah. impressive. Also, in general, if you look at the, the names at the top, it, it was kind of crazy. It was almost all the big names at the top that you would expect. Um, yeah, obviously, all these players are strong, but Sam Party, Arno qualified, Matty Quisma was right there. You know, he, he was in the upper bracket and he lost two in a row to not qualify. Um, Logan had a good showing. Jan Malis Merkel is an incredible player. He actually had, you know, how they show these stats and they show standard win rate. So everyone was, you know, a lot of those guys were 60%, 65%, all around that. And he had 79.2% standard win rate, which is totally insane. Um, so. so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of out of the standard loop. Standard in a while, but you haven't mentioned Sultai at all. Is that deck just uh, gone? That deck just super mediocre. It's it's kind of a, becoming a meme that PV because PV made a video saying on YouTube saying it's the best uh, best standard deck, but that deck just always looks so underwhelming, so mediocre. 
you you play against Saltai and you're like, man, I, I think I'm gonna lose, and then they just do nothing. And um, I, so, I don't know. Salt, is just super super average. I just, and I just throw my ideas out there, but uh, when I was playing my Esperona deck, he wasn't very good against Saltai and Rogues, but it was crushing the aggro deck. So maybe 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 that could still be a deck. Yeah, Esperona could be good. I've actually been playing a lot of that. The problem is now these decks get. A, they get Chariot, which makes Extinction Event much worse and just removal worse in general. And B, they got the, the Manlands, which oh. is another problem for control deck. Yeah. So. It's true. Creature lands are so annoying. Yeah. I, I've been playing a little, you know, I tried a little Gabzan, which was good against Mono White and Mono Red, but not as good against these, these new decks with Chariot and Manlands. I've played a bit of S for Control. And that's kind of okay, even though they got Manlands and Chariot, you can kind of still keep up because your decks, these control decks are almost like all removal and two mana counter spells. So a ton of cheap removal card advantage. You still have Eliminate and uh, the Ikoria removal. But yeah, I guess. I guess yeah. the, no, you have, you have really good removal, but it's it's tough to keep up against the extra, sure. the, 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 you know, the, the Manlands are kind of the... Yeah, I just yeah, yeah. a drop of water. That's yeah, for sure. So, I mean that that blue red deck looks like maybe the, kind of the answer because you you have all these these spell lands, so you 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 almost never flood or screw. And mm, yeah, but our medium spell lands, it's not about there. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's what's kind of what I've been up to and what I did this week and. Uh, I guess that's it. I'm guessing Harry, you don't have a crazy, crazy inside uh, about standard historic or anything. <laughs> Honestly, I'm considering uninstalling Arena on my PC to free up space. At this point, I don't even play it. But uh, but there's the free draft. Yeah, yeah, of course. I'm gonna I'm gonna be uh, playing some free draft. You should, you should try to do like, like your daily quests. I yeah. I just can't be bothered. Oh, yeah, the game no, is just no, so long. Daily quests or. Oh, it's just like no. so. Like, what was you going to casual play, like, Forty-five minutes to get a thousand gold. That's just, <laughs> hey, that, I, that's that's not the price of an hour. Uh, you uh, know what? That's something else I want to talk about. Speaking of daily quests, because I've had a few friends who used to play Magic, and you know, maybe they stopped playing and they kind of started playing again with Arena. And I know that a lot of time on Magic Twitter, people are like. Arena economy is crap. You even see people say it's predatory, it's terrible, it's this and that. Yeah. And it's only free people, free of my friends, but you know, we when we talked about it, I was like, so what do you think about Arena? Do you think it's good? What do you think about the economy? And all three of them said, I like Arena, I think it's good. I think the econ economy is like pretty generous, honestly. Um, you know, the last one I talked to, he said, you know, I just play half an hour every day, I get my gold, I get my daily quests, and I'm able to build, you know, to have like maybe one competitive deck. I mean, sure, you're not going to have every card if, if by just playing half an hour a day or whatever, but they they had like pretty good feedback. I thought it was interesting because we're in kind of our bubble and people are always complaining and yeah. and that arena arena's bad, arena this, arena that, and um, you know, I was always like kind of saying like I like the the UI, I like that. I don't like obviously there's no turns like on Magic Online, and you know I was under the impression that economy was bad, but I didn't really care about spending a bit of money since it's my job, and I feel like 
you know, I love money playing magic, so I can maybe give some back um, to Wizards. Uh, anyways, but yeah, it was interesting to to hear all three of them say they they like it, they have fun, they think it's pretty good software, and they kind of happy with the economy. I think I'm not so much upset with the daily quests and stuff. I think it's pretty good. I think the problem I have is that I've put so much money into the game, and I I, I don't really have anything any anything. You know, there's no way to convert like old rares, unplayable rares into anything useful now. So you have a lot of these crappy cards that you'll ne- actually never play with. Like, so, and then, you know what I mean? So I feel like that's what people dislike. You have yeah. nothing to do with your junk. Yeah, that. there's a, just such a big difference in mentality between us and, you know, people like my friends. We just, at this one, we kind of expect, we have different mentality. We expect, you know, magic to be kind of an investment and you see that a lot. And, you know, it's a game. It's not really supposed to be an investment, even though it, it kind of is for a lot of people for paper magic or magic online. And it's just so like, you know, we're so used to that part of, and that's a bit different with Arena. Yeah, it's, I mean, Magic is a pretty expensive game, and Magic Arena could be for free, so that by itself is a, a pretty big drawing to the game if you have always liked Magic, but you don't really want to, you know, buy a deck to play uh, an event at the store and, and stuff like that. But obviously, the fact that you can't take out the cards from the, from like, like you do on Magic Online is because you have played Magic Online, and, and yeah. you could do that, but if you, I don't know, have played uh, Guessing Hearthstone, doesn't do that. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, you, you you never even thought about that. Yeah. I mean, there's still a few things that are kind of bad, you know, when you have seven Temple of Man. No, yeah, that, that, one is, that one is crazy. That... You, you can't at least dust off your extra duplicate rares, that kind of stuff is... Yeah, you know, they, could, they, could be, they, they could they could do a few things better but i, I figured you know i, I want to talk about that because it was interesting and i like yeah. to try and point out the positive and yeah yeah so, so, sometimes i find uh, i find people like friends of mine that just meet me at random and go like i got i, I you know that might play with them in magic uh, i don't know five years ago and they go like oh i just reached mythic and i'm like wow okay cool like they haven't been playing magic at all for so long, but uh, they like this, I don't know, blue-white aura deck in, in Historic, and, and they played at it, like jamming a lot of it. And that's cool, the fact that this person has never spent um, anything into the game and just likes drafting and etc. So I think that, you know, there's a lot of crit- criticism, but uh, you know, we have to we have to do our, our rivals and MPL part and, and chill a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even chilling, it's just, you know, <laughs> Just being being honest and trying to not only talk about the negative. Sure, sure. No, no, I agree. I agree. I agree. I was just joking because people. That's what people would say. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyone uh, uh, praising Arena or Magic in general? Yeah, it's kind of bad. It's almost like it's a bad thing to say nice things now. Oh, you know, it's, yeah. you're not even allowed. No, I mean, I, I don't really think it's like that. But sometimes it it can feel that way, even though people are mostly joking when they say shell this and that. Hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, well, should we wrap up the episode? Yeah. Okay, we should do the prices right. Do you know? Do you listen to the podcast enough, Andrea, to know what that is? I know, I know what that is. Oh, oh, by the way, Andrea, do you do you use you buy a lot of cards? Do you ever use Card Market? 
Yes, you, yes, I yeah. used her markets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bought uh, for Fury last uh, last time I buy them. A general suggestion, a general suggestion that I want to give uh, to the to the to the people who buy who buy from car market is buy from the vendor in your country because they will just the shipment will be super quick and you're even going to save money. So whenever I buy from car market, I always try to like filter Italian vendor because that means that. I just get the card uh, super fast and I pay very little in shipment and it's tracked. So no risk or anything because yeah, that's 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 a good uh, that's a good thing. Wow, we should have Mango on this. We should have a section every week, the Mango card market tip. You know? No, no, but I don't, I don't think Channel Fireball would uh, would, uh, would do it. Let's do it. Lock it up. Lock it up. We can have him on it for a reading every week. Okay, cool. Well, we're gonna do the prices right. We need to pick a card. That we've talked about this week. What should we do? Um, let's do let's do Prismar comment because I'm genuinely ooh. I generally don't know how much is that card in paper. Yeah, I was thinking maybe okay. I was thinking Valky actually because Mythics usually have a wider range, so it's like a bit harder to pinpoint. But okay. we can do we can do Prismar okay. if you want. We can we can do both. Let's do both. Ooh, All right, both. Let's okay. do both. super quick, super quick. All right, okay. All right, who's going first? So I'll, I'll start. Okay. I'll go 20 euro Valky, 5 euro. No, sorry. Let's do 15 euro Valky, 5 euro Prismari Command. Well, that's some good guesses, I think. I think Prismari Command is going to be like, I'm going to say 12 for Prismari, and I'm going to no. say, I'm going to say, uh, 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 yeah, I'm going to go 12 for each, 12 for each. Well, for each, okay. okay. I think Mingu's guests are really good, but I guess I'll go. The... It's a rare for. Oh, man. 15.5. Did I go over or under Mingu? I'm going to go. Yeah, it's tough. I'm going to go four euros for Prismari Command. It was either like four or six or seven, you know, but five was such a good guess. Four for Prismari Command and for Valky. Why did you say you said 15 and 12? Yeah. Yeah. Tibal, Valky, it's playing a bunch of formats, but not a ton. Uh, yeah, you guys kind of nailed it, honestly. I'm going to go 13 to 50 for Valky, I guess. Okay, cheapest English copy on card markets from 95, an Italian vendor. They have 64 copies at 15 euros. For which card? Oh, wow. sorry, that's for Valky. Wow, I just, I just nailed it at 15 euros. Yeah, and then the cheapest. From an Italian vendor? Ooh. Yeah. The cheapest uh, Prismari command. Wait, is that Italian Venger Mengu 09? <laughs> <laughs> Italian Venger uh, Mengu. <laughs> it's Mengu. He just went on corn market. He's like, boom, for sale. Okay. We, can, we can inflate the, the prices right. Or uh, you just buy all the copies. <laughs> okay, well. And the fourth Prismari Command is €2.50. Oh, nice. Okay. I was for uh, Prismari Command. So I was completely off the ball for both. Yeah. When, when you said 12, I'm like, what? This, this, you, I you thought never, you never bought new rares. New rares, listen, new rares just don't cost. Oh, okay. If, if, if a card is a rare and it's been printed recently, it's just, it's just. Free. I mean, it's like five euro, like maximum. He got he got influenced by the the twenty two ticks on Magic. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. Magic Online Magic Online is totally different. Like Magic Online economy means that every set there has to be something that it, that's expensive. But this set's so bad that 
yeah, it's first Mario Kartman, basically. All right, all right. Okay, okay. Yeah. Well, now we got to do life on the line. I guess for those those new listening, don't want life on the line is. It's a theoretical tournament tomorrow. If you win the event, you live. If you lose, you die. You got to bring a deck list from every format we talked about today. I don't honestly. I don't even know what formats we talked about today. Let's, modern, let's and, do standard. modern and standard because this story is gonna change soon, anyways. Okay, easy. Modern. We, just, um, if you want, uh, we don't have to do standard. We have to do standard. Okay, okay. Well, in modern, I'm gonna be playing. I'm gonna be playing uh, Grixis, Lure, Splashing White, specifically the McWinsaw slash Eduardo such garlic deck. Um, I really like that. In standard, I'm dead, so I'll probably just uh, uh, play rogues, I guess. Uh, yeah, <laughs> what about you? <laughs> rogues. Rogues, no, rogues not that bad. Um, so I for know, modern, I've heard you saying rogues. I guess, is there a broken deck right now? I'm just going to play Living In. You know, I always feel like this deck's not especially well positioned, and I should not win as much as I do, but I always do really well whenever I play that deck. So Living In in modern. And standard, um, I think I might just stick to Gruel was the blue splash for Magda. But oh no, maybe that no that blue red deck, that blue red control. I only played five or six matches the other day, but I was impressed. I'm gonna play that blue red deck. Blue red, okay, blue red control, interesting. For standard, I'll play Esperone. I haven't played standard in so long, and uh, that last time I played Esperone, it might have been like I don't know four months ago. But well, I can't Wait, go wrong. Told or. Which, which version? Doom Foretold? Yeah, yeah, with Arcan of Sun's Grace, Tone of Arcan of Sun's Grace. That card is so good, good against Agro. And uh, yeah, every time you just slam it against Gruul or Naya, they can't kill it with the Giant Killer or the Fire Prophecy, and you just on top with it and win. So that's usually that's usually been my plan every time I played uh, uh, my deck. Like I've seen people playing without Archon, but that card has just always been the way you win against Agro. And in modern, I want to play Team Rhinos, but I need to be ready for for uh, for for Nassif choice because I have now inside information about him playing Living End. So I'll be putting two Fairy Macabre in my in my sideboard. Additional other than the four Endurance. Wow. Yeah, I need to. I see them hating. I need a, I need a, <laughs> I need a, some little edge against uh, a, a bad matchup. Okay. Wait, is that everyone gun or is? Yeah. Oh, yeah. sorry. I've kind of zoned out there. Okay, well, if you made it this far into the Words episode... Words are on your phone. Screen addiction. No, I'm just... My, my mom was texting me, okay? Oh, They're on sure. holiday. They're sending me photos. Look, we got to thank Andrea. Thank you so much for being the guest this week on the cast. Sure really noticed you. him yesterday. He was like, sure, no problem. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good thing of just not having that much to do and always being home. Is that <laughs> you can, you know, one day notice and I'm here. thank you yeah thanks again and uh for those who are wondering where pat was i guess i don't think i said he you know he's just a bit busy with work this week should be back next week uh with no problems hopefully we uh but yeah we you know thank you this if you made it this far into the episode we appreciate you listening and uh i guess we'll catch you guys next week take care everyone bye